Lakeisha Gunter, and you're listening to Roar, an energetic and enlightening weekly podcast that will help you achieve more. This weekly infusion of candid insights, indispensable lessons, inspiring stories, and success strategies for living your best life now will help you on your journey to making your dreams a reality. My experience as a Fortune 50 business and tech executive has led me to meet some pretty amazing people. On Roar, I share real talks with top executives, thought leaders, luminaries, authors, and entrepreneurs who are passionate about building the next generation of inspired, empowered, game-changing leaders. Are you ready to fear less and move into your dream life? Let's Roar! Welcome to Roar. I'm your host, Lakeisha Gunter. So what do I mean by Roar? The beauty of Roar is that it's both an acronym, and the acronym stands for Reflection, Opportunity, Action, and Relationships. And it's an action. We're all born with it, a hidden power inside of us. It's a fire that's often suppressed by fear. That power is your Roar, and it's waiting to be unleashed. Today, we find ourselves in a time where the whole world seems to be on pause because of the global pandemic we're experiencing. The situation can definitely cause some fear and anxiety because many things are uncertain and what's next is truly unknown. This crisis can make or break us. But let's use this time as a catalyst for a breakthrough and not a breakdown. Let's intentionally use this pause, our time of sheltering in place, as an opportunity to lead our lives versus just living our lives. We have more downtime now than we will ever have in our lifetime, so to speak. The R in ROAR is for reflection. It is a good time for us to think about how to live our best, most empowered lives. It is time to ask ourselves, what would we do if we weren't afraid? Maybe it's time to level up on your personal leadership brand and step into a more meaningful career. Are you trying to land a new job in the pandemic? Are you thinking of a career pivot or do you just want to advance in your career? If you said yes to any of those questions, then you're going to enjoy listening to my guest today, the phenomenal Sherry Thomas. I had the pleasure of meeting Sherry a few years ago at a workshop where she outlined key strategies to help you drive your career to the next level. And everything she articulated that day has truly been a catalyst for my career success. So let me introduce you to Sherry. Sherry Thomas is a leading career and leadership coach. She has transformed and elevated her own career over the last 15 years, five times while working full-time inside a Fortune 100 tech company, and she's coached over 1,000 executives and professionals who did the same. She has been interviewed and featured in Time Magazine, Smart Money, The Washington Post, The Huffington Post, NBC, Wall Street Journal, and the New York Daily News, just to name a few. She's the author of two career books, including The Bounce Back, Personal Stories of Bouncing Back, Higher and Faster, from a Layoff, Reorg, or Career Setback, and her second book, Career Smart, Five Steps to a Powerful Personal Brand, recently on Amazon's top 10 list for personal branding. And if I recall correctly, she's working on her third book. So let's welcome Sherry to the show. Welcome, Sherry. So glad to have you with us today. 
Thank you. Excited to be here. Thanks for asking me. Oh my gosh. Just thrilled to have you with us today. So (laughs) let's jump right in. You know, as I believe my listeners are excited to hear from you on how to build their personal leadership brand and boost their career, something you are an expert in. And so we're just thrilled to have you share your heart on this exact topic. You've done it so well and leading so many top executives and leaders to their next level in their careers. So before we jump in there, I do want to take a moment to just learn a little bit more about you and share you with the audience. So tell us a little bit about your background, maybe where you're from and who were some of your biggest influences growing up? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I I live in Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona. So I'm I'm a native. (laughs) And um, I have, like you mentioned, I've just, I've rebranded myself several times. So Mm -hmm. I started out as a, a disc jockey at a couple different radio stations in, in Arizona and California. And then I went into television and then then I decided that I wanted to leave media and get into corporate America. And I didn't know how to make that transition. So I went to a career coach mm. and she taught me some phenomenal things. And because of that, I was able to then transition and, and get into the finance industry and basically from there work for three Fortune 500 companies. But my last company, I've worked for for 20 years, and I've I've rebranded in there, and that's mm-hmm. a 50, that's a Fortune 50 high tech company, and so I've rebranded inside. I just have the personality where after I do things for a few years, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, what else is there to do? It's just my personality, and I thought I thought everybody did that. Right. I, thought, I thought that was just very natural for everybody until just so many people, so many people would ask me to help them. And so this snarky voice inside my head said, why don't I just put it in a book and then I don't have to talk to people. <laughs> but we love talking to you, Sherry. Okay. <laughs> You're so engaging. Yeah. yeah, it was so funny. So I, you know, I wrote a book and then the Wall Street Journal picked it up and it took off. And now I seem to talk to people more than ever about that. Love but it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to. Yeah. I'm, now I like it. Now I enjoy it. You know, back then I was like, why are people talking to me about this? <laughs> and now I get it. You've done it. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it is challenging. And so I, I do get that, you know, wherever my clients are, wherever they're stuck, I get it. I understand, you know, and I'm happy to walk with them on that journey. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, wow. Just in what you said, you've had some amazing career pivots, right? Disc jockey, uh, television, uh, media, which really uh, explains why you're such a phenomenal uh, communicator and speaker, which I I really have enjoyed listening to you over the years and learning from you. Um, And then you transitioned to corporate, right? And I think, you know, when you think about how you made those pivots, right? I mean, a couple mm-hmm. things come to mind and you, I'll let you share more, but you know, I've often heard that leadership is communication and communication is leadership. And so talk a little bit about how you made those successful pivots and maybe some learnings along the way. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And I think it is so much easier when you have a coach or someone who's been there, a tribe of mentors and coaches that can help you. Because when you shift into a new job, it's hard enough. You know, you get a job that's the same type of role that you've been in and it's a new company. That in itself is tough to do because anytime Mm -hmm. you have a a company change, there's a change in culture, there's a change in business operations, there's a change in politics and understanding who the influencers are. You know, there's, there's all of these underlying things that you have to figure out and navigate on your own. And when you do a rebrand, it's a new industry. It's a new industry. It's a new company. And it can be a totally new job role too. Mm -hmm. 
So some of the things that I've learned would be to be kind to yourself. Give yourself a couple of things. It really takes about 90 days, I've learned, before you really get a clear vision on if this is a good fit for you or mm-hmm. if not. And if it's not a good fit, cut, you know, go look for a new job. Cut bait. Like, don't try to make it fit. I mean, sometimes I, I certainly was in, I was in jobs where it was a square peg in a round hole. And mm-hmm. I, I thought, I thought, because I have a really competitive side and I, I don't want to lose and I don't want to quit. And I thought I can make this work. I can make this work. But it was really like banging my head against a wall. Mm-hmm. And so now what I do is I know to give myself 90 days and then just do a check-in with myself and ask, is this a good fit? Sure, there's some things you still need to learn, some things that aren't great, but overall, are you pretty happy there? You should have a mm-hmm. good sense of that after 90 days. So, I mean, again, you've made quite a few pivots, right, as I was saying. Yeah. And so just what were some of those key learnings that you've learned along the way um, that could be helpful as we navigate our careers, right? And I think you've articulated, right? I mean, I think the first thing is understanding what you're trying to do. Are you rebranding? Are you going into a new industry? Are you looking, going into a new company? All those dynamics determine how you should proceed, right? You really want to give some careful reflection time around, okay, understanding my situation, how do I navigate? And I heard you say it's important to have a coach to walk you through those things. And, and I'm assuming you had several coaches along the way as well. Well, I would say it's easier. It's just okay. so much easier if you have coach. Yeah. Somebody who can give you a different perspective mm-hmm. and give you some advice and guidance who they've been there, they've done that themselves. Because rebranding is a little bit tricky. It's a little bit tricky. I will say, you know, one of the key things that I learned in my own path is that when I was hired, I thought that I shouldn't ask for help. Mm. I thought, well, they hired me to be the subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. So I need to ramp into this quickly and I need to show that I know everything. Mm -hmm. And that really had my wheels spinning a couple times and I flailed. In -hmm. fact, in, in my book, The Bounce Back, I talk about how I was laid off three times in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, I call it the three bang layoff. Okay. Um, and that was one of the things was that I really encourage my clients to, after they have some kind of a setback, mm-hmm. to one of the exercises is just taking a piece of paper and just putting a line down the middle and on mm-hmm. one side writing what they should have done. And they could be your previous manager or the leaders or whoever it was in the company, what they should have done. And then on the right side of the paper, right, what I should have done differently. And I did this myself when I was laid off and I was angry. I was confused. I was scared, you know, letter D, all of the above. And Mm -hmm. so on the left side of the paper, I wrote it up. I mean, I wrote like two pages at about 0.6 seconds. You know, I just wrote it up with all these (laughs) things. Need to get it out. (laughs) Yeah. They should have treated me with respect. They should have, you know, and then when I looked at the other side of the paper, what I should have done differently, I thought, well, okay, well, let's hold up a mirror and let's see what, what. And so I put some really good, and they were really good, insightful things that helped me go into my next job mm-hmm. just with a clearer mindset and understanding. And one of the things I had written was I should have asked for help. I should have mm-hmm. asked for training. I shouldn't have pretended that I knew everything. And so one of the things about your first 90 days, I think is important is giving yourself kind of like um, in Monopoly, uh, it's kind of like a 
get into any conversation you want free card because you are new and you can say, you know, I know I'm new and uh, I know this is a beginner question, but I just need to know, you know, give yourself permission to have those types of conversations. Right. And I love the fact that you say you must ask for help. It's so important for us to realize that we don't have to be the expert in the room, right? We just have to insert ourselves in the conversation, right? You don't have to be the expert, but you just need to be present and be willing to ask those questions. Because to me, what I found is when we ask those simple questions, it can lead to breakthroughs. And it's okay to say, you know what? Someone else may already know this, or you guys may be already grounded on this, but since I'm new, give me a little bit of grace and I want to ask you this question, right? So I love 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 that you said that. I love the way you phrase that, which is give me a little bit of grace. Yes. You know, to me, that kind of just calms everybody down, right? (laughs) Because I'm going (laughs) to extend grace. I always say we can extend grace in every situation and and to everyone. It's Mm -hmm. easy to do. You know, I want to go back to something you said before that I think is super important in our careers that we make sure we have. You talked about a tribe of mentors that coached you. And I've um, often talked to young, you know, professionals in their career and they've, they have a little bit of hesitation or reservation around building that network because they feel like they're, they're kind of, you know, spear checking. Can you talk about maybe how you've been able to foster natural connections to build your network and what we might be able to do some steps we can take to do that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. Let's go there. Mm -hmm. I've always fostered just very natural relationships with people that I'm drawn to. So I've Mm -hmm. never asked anyone, quote unquote, would you be my mentor? I find that a very funny question, very, and I mean that by being very strange, very Mm -hmm. awkward question. And I've had people ask me, would I be their mentor? And I find it very strange and awkward. So instead, I've always taken the approach of, if there's something I want to learn, if there's something I want to learn, I want to ask someone who masters that particular skill or that particular Mm -hmm. behavior. And so I pause and I ask myself, who does that well? Mm -hmm. Who shows mastery in that area? And no matter who it is, it could be a leader, it could be a leader inside the company, it could be a thought leader outside the company, it doesn't matter. I will go to them and I will say, I really admire you for whatever it is, for for the way you handled that conversation in the boardroom that got really heated. How were you able to stay so present and so calm? Mm -hmm. And they might, you know, just give me a sentence or two. And I will say something like, wow, that is awesome. Would it be okay? Could I just have a 10-minute conversation with you about that? Because I'm in that situation right now, and I want to learn more about that behavior. Mm-hmm. I've always had people say, yes, absolutely. I mean, I've had big thought leaders out there say, yes, absolutely. So I grab 10 minutes with them or 15 mm-hmm. minutes with them. And before I have that conversation, I think about, What's the one thing I really want to learn from them? And I think, what is the one thing I want them to walk away with knowing about me? Mm. And that whole 15, whether it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, all I'm doing is focusing on those two things. I want to get the information I want to get from them, the Mm -hmm. insight, the tip, the strategy, and then I'm going to share one particular thing. And I'm not going to like force it in the conversation, but I'm just going to look for an opening. And usually, uh, I will say, you know, 99.9% of the time, I walk away from that conversation with them saying, 
I'd be happy to help you with your next book, or I'd be happy to you wow. know, give you some more thoughts on this. I mean, they mm-hmm. offer to continue with that relationship. Oh, I love that. So powerful. You talked about just finding the natural segue, that finding the interest point, right? Maybe something that yeah. person said or did and leaning in on that. And that way it's, it's not a forced connection. It's a natural, You're, you have a curiosity, you have a learning mindset. And they have the information that they can share with you. Love that. Thank you so much, Sherry, on that. Mm -hmm. Before you became an award-winning author, a leadership coach, and career strategist, you experienced some tough breaks in your career. You talked about the three-bang layoff. I think that's what you called it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what was the biggest Goliath you faced in your career? How did you overcome it? And maybe what was your slingshot that you used to overcome it? Oh, I love that question. I think I've had a couple Goliath moments. Mm -hmm. Have you? Oh, I've had a couple too. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking, should I, should I have only had one? Um, No, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think one that was so powerful for me that came really early in my career was when I was at Arizona State University and I Mm -hmm. was a student and I was, I was getting a degree in broadcasting and I had an internship at a TV station and I was all about going into television. That was just, that was where I was headed. And on the last semester, a random conversation with somebody led me into them offering me an internship at the campus radio station. And I mm-hmm. turned it down. I said, no, thank you. Um, you know, I got my TV gig. I'm, I'm good. And he came back to me the next day and he had three sheets of paper all filled up with names. And he said, Sherry, look at this. This is a list of people who want to have a show on our campus radio station. He goes, I am offering this to you now. And I remember thinking, wow, "Wow, I should take this. And I don't know why, but I should take it. So I took it. And I mean, I was a pretty bad distraction because I hadn't had any training. I hadn't thought about it. And so anyway, I went in every Saturday afternoon and, you know, I was rocking and rolling and I, you know, I developed some listeners, some followers. And anyway, at the end of the semester, it was my last semester I was graduating. It was like the day before I was graduating. I had an exit interview with a student who was the I don't know. It was like he was the acting maybe operations manager or something of the radio station. And so I'd never been in an exit interview before. I didn't know what to think. So I went in there and he told me, and this is a student, he told me that I was the worst disc jockey he'd ever heard and that nobody in Phoenix would ever hire me. Wow. And that was cold. It was. I was thinking the nerve of him. That's that's where my head went. I had only met him one time at the very beginning. So I I don't know why he was so, I mean, you know, that stung a little bit. And I I don't know why he was that poignant about it. I I don't know why he was so opinionated. I don't know what happened. I just know that all of a sudden I got this, you know, Goliath spear kind of thing at me. And um, I said something like, well, that's your opinion and Mm -hmm. you're, you know, you can have it. I don't agree. So I left, but I I was devastated and I Mm -hmm. cried for about three days and I I stayed in my bathrobe for about three days. And then after three days, I just thought, you know what? I'm going to be a disc jockey and I'm going to get hired in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just made it my mission and, and I did it. And I, and I, I was, I was. And, uh, you know, amazingly enough, I became one of the few female disc jockeys in the country to have my own morning wow. show. So I always say, God bless Danny, because he right. put me on this trajectory that I would have never found. But the lesson for me was, you know, I love how you talk about grace, Lakeisha. And the lesson mm-hmm. for me in, in looking back at it with grace was mm-hmm. that I'm not going to let somebody else 
that I randomly come in contact exactly. with. Exactly. Flick me off of my career destiny. I'm mm-hmm. not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let that happen. I love it. And so I went into radio and then eventually I did, I did go back into TV where I wanted, but, um, but it was a beautiful lesson. And that theme for me has come up over and over with mm-hmm. different types of bullies and whatever that I've, that I've met. And so I think people have their own theme that comes up. And once you go through it once, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to go through it again. And it's really a lot easier when you go with it through somebody else or a mm-hmm. tribe of people that can support you. Yeah, so powerful. Well, I love it. So, yeah, Danny, we thank you uh, for, <laughs> uh, for setting Sherry off on an amazing yeah. course, wherever you are in this world. We thank you, Danny. <laughs> but I, okay, because it's those things, right? To your point, it was forged very early on in your I would say your, your maturation process as a, you know, career in your career as a mm-hmm. professional that you were not going to be denied no matter what yeah. John, Mary, Sue, Bob said, right? That's there. It's one person's opinion. The only person's yeah. opinion that matters is yours. You have to look yeah. at yourself in the mirror every day. And you just said, you know what, this roar, this power inside of me, watch me roar. Okay. <laughs> we're going yeah, for it. And I- that's what you did. I really wish I had known your roar. Um, <laughs> I really wish I had had that mantra. It would have made it so much easier for me, but that's exactly right. It's exactly right. Yeah. Not going to be denied. Well, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So I want to kind of step into just your um, amazing career as a coach and, and strategist. And you've just partnered with so many executives and leaders all across the globe. You know, what are some of the things that you're hearing now in terms of challenges that they're facing or challenges they've talked to you about in the past? And what are they asking you for help with the most these days? Yeah, great question. Well, one that came up today was she is a CFO and she's just in a place where she just doesn't know where her passion is. And so a lot of times, and it's usually, it's usually like around maybe in the, in their forties or fifties, it's leaders and executives. They've been very, very good that, you know, they definitely have mastery level. Their subject matter expertise is above and beyond anybody else. And so they've been hugely successful. And mm-hmm. then it just doesn't give them passion anymore mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And it, it's a big aha that you can outgrow a passion. Mm-hmm. So as an example, I used to be earlier in my career, I used to be really great at uh, marketing. I was all about marketing. And then um, it was probably when I hit about 40 years old, I just became really complacent. Nothing really interested me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't enjoying the level of conversation that mm-hmm. I was in. And I didn't know where I wanted to go. I just knew where I was was not where I wanted to be. Right. And that's the pivotal moment where a lot of people tend to reach out because you're just a little bit stuck. I always say that it's okay to be stuck in your career. It's not okay to stay stuck. I love that. Yeah. So it's helping them through that and understanding, getting real clarity on what new passions are coming up because that's so important and giving themselves permission to be a learner, you know, not having mastery and that they're going to go learn part of this. So maybe there's half of the job that they are still mastery in, say, let's say leadership, or let's say, you know, driving a certain strategic objective. But there's a key element, maybe it's a technical skill or something like that, that they just, they just want to learn, they just want to be a kid again. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Because to your point, sometimes as leaders, we feel like we have to have a command of it all. Um, as we show up in these spaces. And so I think what you're saying, it's okay to give yourself permission to just be a learner, 
right? And come into a role and say, I don't know everything. I want to learn and grow with the team. And there's power in that because your team feels like we're on the same wavelength in a sense, right? And we can grow together. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it so much more fun again. It does. So many times leaders just get this heavy, heavy burden of what Mm -hmm. you said, Lakeisha, which is having to know everything and having to be the driver and having Mm -hmm. to figure out all the answers and who to go to and solve all the problems and (laughs) all the critical thinking. You know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so understandable if they get, you know, tired and there becomes a point where it's just not fun anymore. And so where can they turn? Now, a lot of them ask me, just because you rebrand, does that mean that you are going to go down in your salary or is that going to, are you going to go down in your scope? And those are to be determined. Mm -hmm. So so I like to say not necessarily. Every time I rebranded five major times, I got a huge salary bump each time. So it's possible that you can get a huge salary bump. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought that I went into a technical company that they would have thought that my past, my skills, my experience in TV and radio would be quote unquote glamorous. Now, it's hilarious because I tell my radio and TV friends that and we just laugh and we're like, (laughs) hardly glamorous. But, you know, to my point is that there are some skills that you have that there are other industries or companies that think, wow. It's transferable. Yes, they would love to have you. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So will you lose, you know, part of your salary? Will you lose part of your scope? Will you lose? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, it's to be determined, but let's, let's at least test those assumptions. Love it. Well, and to your point, right? I mean, you've successfully rebranded yourself a number of times across various industries and with some top Fortune 500 companies. So when you talk about rebranding, is it reskilling? Is it repositioning? What do you really mean by that? And, you know, when should we consider doing it? It can be as simple as maybe changing your industry. And so going from media into the finance industry. So I was an American Express um, financial advisor. So going from radio and TV to become a regional marketing director Mm -hmm. in the finance industry, that was, that was a rebrand. And I had to, I had to be very strategic on how I was going to answer questions in the interview right? (laughs) because there was a lot of experience there and a a few skills that I just did not have, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't even make it up, you know, and of course you need to be honest and ethical. So it was really positioning, okay, how am I going to answer certain types of questions? So, so you need to be very strategic on that, but yes, it can be changing an industry that could be rebrand. It could be a slight tweak of your skills. It could be, it could be a whole package of your skills. I think one of the toughest rebrands I went through was inside the Fortune 100, the tech company. I went from being a global marketing program manager to being a global technical program manager. Mm. So for me, going from marketing to technical, that's a 180 that I was absolutely not interested in. Mm -hmm. I did not want to go. And it was just a set of circumstances where the business decided to close that line of service. And if I wanted to stay with that manager and wanted to stay with the team, I needed to do a this huge vertical leap up into this other, you know, division into technical. And that just, right. that scared me so much. But at the end of the day, I realized that I am the decision maker in my career. Mm-hmm. I choose who I work for just by going into the company every day and reporting that manager. I said yes when he asked if I wanted to work for him. Mm-hmm. So I continue to say yes 
every day I continue to work for him. So I knew I can stop working for him at any time. I can go look for a new job. I can go look for a different job in the company. I am the decision maker in my career. And I just asked myself, I said, I thought, I really like this manager. I trust him. He's great. Right. So what's the real fear there, which is what something you talk about all the time, Lakeisha, is mm-hmm. where does the fear come from? Or what would you do if you didn't feel the fear? And so I had to ask myself, where's the real fear coming from? And I just kind of laughed because I have no technical background. And I mm-hmm. thought, okay, well, leading a team of technical engineers, really scary, smart technical engineers just scares me. And so then it's like, well, what can I do right now mm-hmm. to overcome that? And so for me, it was getting a certification, a project management certification. And so I met with them one-on-one and they were, it was, it was a team of men, just mm-hmm. strong alpha male men. <laughs> and I, I met with each one one-on-one and I, I said, what do you think the issues are in this particular program and talk to each one? And then I said, I just want you to know, I don't have any experience with SAP, which is mm-hmm. in IT. I said, I don't have any experience, but that's where I'm going to lean on you as my technical subject matter expert. And I'm mm-hmm. going to lean on you hard to figure out those problems and those challenges. But what I can do is, and I told him what my strength was. My right. strength is influencing senior stakeholders, and et cetera, et cetera. Right. And we just had alignment right then. And it was just like, okay. And it, it just, it was one of the best experiences and best launches I've ever been on. Wow. I love that story because even though you might have felt a bit of fear around your skill set and what you were bringing to the table, I think you took a step back and said, what are my strengths? Because my strengths can complement, for lack of a better term, their weaknesses and their weaknesses can complement my strengths. But there's an opportunity for us to come together as a team and leverage the collective strengths of the team to be successful. Exactly. And I think so many times when we get a leader they aren't that transparent and we don't know what their strengths are and mm-hmm. we don't know what their weaknesses are. And mm-hmm. if they would just tell us, it would make it so much better. Wow. I love that too. And I was, I was going to ask you, okay, in the rebranding process, what did you do? How did you translate? But it, you know, it sounds like what you did as you went from one, made one pivot to the next, you brought all those skills to the table and you said, what can I use in this particular organization? I would assume. Exactly. And where are the gaps? Um, exactly. Because rebranding can be scary, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you called it out though beautifully, which is one of the key pieces of rebranding is just knowing exactly what skills you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And it's it's okay that you're missing some. It's mm-hmm. it's okay. Nobody has all the skills that are required. The only person who has all the skills required is the person leaving the job. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's yeah. okay that you're missing some skills. So let's play up what you do bring to the party. And there are always what I call bonus skills, mm. which are skills in your toolbox that you have and I have that we we kind of don't think anything of them, but mm-hmm. oh, they you know, the, where we're going, that particular industry or that company or that department, things, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. It's a bonus skill that they weren't thinking about, yes. but that you bring and you could add. Well, speaking of branding, how can we as leaders establish a brand that helps us attract roles and leaders to us, right? We want to make sure that we're in high demand. I call it like hot, you know, I love sports. I got to use a sports analogy, right? You know, I want to be a franchise player on that team. (laughs) So how can I maybe attract roles and leaders to myself by, you know, building my brand or some of the things that you think I can do to establish a strong brand? Yeah, I think one thing you and I were talking about just earlier, mm-hmm. Lakeisha, is just the importance of how LinkedIn is dominating, yes. being the dominant platform. And so really speaking up and having your visibility 
on LinkedIn. And I don't just mean a good, strong, powerful profile, which is key. In fact, your LinkedIn profile is almost as important as your resume at this point. You still need your resume to get a position, but every recruiter, every hiring manager, HR staff, they're all going to go check you out on LinkedIn. And what they're looking for is if the story matches up. The same story on your LinkedIn profile is on your resume. That's what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So you want to have a strong brand on your LinkedIn profile, and that's part of what I teach. But also, it needs to be speaking up. And so you want to write an article or at least be talking, at least be in the conversations of whatever it is, if it's the same Mm -hmm. technical skills, if it's the business, if it's the industry, whatever it is, but get out there, get out there and start speaking and having an opinion and sharing information. Sharing information is so key. If you go to a conference, if you read something, share and don't just share the article, but share the two pieces that you called out that you found interesting. And also be skilling up, just constantly be skilling up. There's so much different kinds of training that's out there, virtual conferences that are out there. Be on panels, be speaking, Mm -hmm. be visible. So it's speaking up, being visible, skilling up, all of that will project a very positive professional leadership brand. Love it. I like that. And those things that you articulate are, are really easy to do. We've just got to put you're ourselves out there. <laughs> Thank you're, you so you much. You really are. You really are. Yeah. And I, I think, mean, t- I mean, I know you're interviewing me, but no, why please. did you start Roar? Why did you start this podcast? Yeah. You know, because for me, um, I just thought it important to talk about the things that I've experienced in my life that may have prevented me from actually moving to the things that I really wanted to do, right? Because we all in our career hit those rough patches or have things that maybe we're not sure how to navigate. And what I've done over the years is make sure I've surrounded myself with people like you, Sherry, coaches and mentors and sponsors and advocates that can really speak into my life and say, hey, Lakeisha, if these are the things that you're looking at doing, here's how you can navigate that. And so as I begin to think about how did I move, you know, from a small town in Haines City, Florida, you know, going to school, much like you, getting a degree and moving into this high tech space, it can be scary. And how did I navigate kind of each pivot? And I just boiled it down to just those four things, you know, reflection, opportunity, action, and relationships. But those four things really are are my recipe for navigating anything, not just work, but life. Um, in general, and and not wanting to ever be denied to your point when Danny says, mm-hmm. you are not the best. Well, Danny, you don't know me, right? And so I'm not going to allow you to define my future. And so I'm I'm like you, I kind of have that fire inside of me. I think it comes from my, my mom and my grandmother, right? We just have a passion to live our best lives and not let anyone define our success for us. And so that's why I started the Roar podcast, right? To, to have an opportunity to share my story, but my network of people like you who have achieved at high levels, both in life and in career, and who have a passion uh, to give back and help other people live their best life, their most empowered life. I think, you know, we're we're put on this planet, you know, um, but for um, a period of time. And I feel it important that we actually live our best lives, that we find out what motivates us, what inspires us. And to your point, it evolves over time, right? It shifts, it changes but to never allow fear to stop us from 
being all that we're called to be. You know, I believe that that roar inside of us that we all have greatness within and we just need someone like Sherry or someone like the Keisha or Bob or Mary to come alongside of us and put their arms around us and say, you know what, you got this and let me show you how you can get there. So that's kind of why I started Roar. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank that's you for beautiful. asking that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's such a great, beautiful example, Akisha, of building your brand on what you believe in and what mm-hmm. you're passionate about. And you're not doing it. You're not starting this podcast because you want a million followers. You're nope. doing it because you have to. Yes. Yep. You're doing it because you have to. And that's, that's a great leadership brand. That's authentic. And that's really what you need. And what anybody needs mm-hmm. is to start from that level of an authenticity of the passion. And then you can find the voice. That's where the speaking up and the mm-hmm. feeling up and all of that. To me, it's um, an opportunity for me to sow into someone else and help them be successful. So you're right. It's not a million followers I'm interested in. It's just people living their best lives now. And if you and I have something that we can share and offer them that will help them get to the next step, we're like, let's do it. (laughs) Right? Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Well, let me ask, speaking of that, right? Because we're in an interesting time right now where our normal routines have been interrupted. How can we fully take advantage of this pause, so to speak, right? How can we take some, you know, natural steps to becoming more empowered in our careers. I know you talk a lot about developing a personal career blueprint can be a guide to helping one become successful. What can we be doing in this time frame? Yeah, it is an interesting time. That's that's for sure. I want to call out that mm-hmm. I think something that is so pivotal in success, any type of success, is mm-hmm. your mindset. Ooh, that's good. And I can tell in five seconds whether I'm going to take on a client or not. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's it's the mindset of when someone says something like, well, nobody's hiring right now. And it's just mm. like, okay, okay, well, if that's what you believe, no there's one's no in, amount right? of work. <laughs> there is no amount of work or, you know, following any steps that is going to open up a door for you when you think that way. And so I think it's so important to realize that at any point, at any point, at any point on a timeline, there are always going to be companies that are hiring and there are mm-hmm. always going to be companies that are laying off. At any point, it doesn't matter what's going on there. So companies or industries that are hiring now, IT industries are hiring now, technology is hiring now, sustainability is hiring now. Those are the industries that are hiring now. My mindset is always when I get into a really crunchy time in my career and I know, you know, I need to get out of here and I need to go find something new. My mindset is always that if there is one company that has one job open (laughs) that matches 60% of my skills, Game on. Game (laughs) on. I'm going to make it so ridiculously hard for them not to hire me. I don't care if they have somebody already pointed, you know, appointed that they're going to hire that. Game on. So I love to work with that type of mindset. And that is absolutely what I believe in. And so what can you be doing now is really taking a pause, like what you said, and thinking about what are the companies that you really want to work with? You know, Mm -hmm. they really spark you inside. We all have those those Mm -hmm. companies. So, you know, make a list of those companies. Those companies that just get you jazzed and start looking at their website, at their career website and look for, I always like to look for patterns. So Mm. which groups are hiring? There are groups that are hiring right now. What are those groups? What are those hot skills? What are those hot jobs? Take a note of that. 
And you want to look for a pattern. So in a couple of different companies, you want to look for a couple of different job roles Mm -hmm. and then see what are the requirements. Maybe there's something that you're missing. So the reason I say look for a pattern is because you don't want to see one job at one company Mm -hmm. that makes your heart pound and you think, oh, I want that. And it says, just as an example, it says you have to have a PhD Mm -hmm. and then you go off and get a PhD. You don't really need a PhD. (laughs) So that's why I say look for a pattern. Mm -hmm. So now is a great time to really start working on your, your personal career blueprint and taking stock and taking inventory of what are those things that excite you? What are the companies? What are the, the skills or the responsibilities that you want to have, that you want to own, you Mm -hmm. want to own, they get you excited. So it's doing some kind of an inventory on that and then doing an environmental scan on, okay, well, let's see what's available now. And are you missing anything? And well, now's a great time to start bridging that. So can you fill those gaps with training or can you fill those gaps with some kind of education or maybe some mentors that you already have in your network that can skill you up and teach you those things? Take some action, right? Really in the pause is what you're saying and kind of put that plan together, right? And I also love what you said too, the mindset. And what, you know, as you were articulating, you know, really about, you know, if there's a company that you want to work for and there's a job that you want, you instinctively have the confidence and the executive and leadership presence to say, I can have that job. How did you develop that? And uh, how can we make sure that we can pull out that roar. Cause to me, that's just your roar. Like, you know what? I'm going to show up. Mm. I'm qualified. I can do this job. And, and sometimes some of us at times we can struggle with that. Any thoughts of, of how we can get to that right level of mindset that we need to have that confidence? Yeah, that's a great question. It probably goes back to a time when I, so I was in IT and mm-hmm. I was leading technical teams. And what I did was I took a sabbatical And that's when I wrote my first book. And so that Mm -hmm. was on rebranding. And I went to, I just checked myself into bed and breakfast in Dublin, Ireland. And I just just wrote for three and a half weeks and I came home with a book and I published it. And then, then, then the Wall Street Journal found it. And so it kind of took off a little bit. Now, what was interesting was that the HR department (laughs) tapped me on the back and said, who are you? And what are you doing? Why are you leading SAP projects for IT? But what really happened behind the scenes, what really happened is, so I came back and I was doing my IT job and I was with this manager that I really liked and I was having phenomenal success, but I didn't have a lot of passion. I didn't have a lot of passion Mm. for IT. And a friend of mine in the company told me about this job in HR that was owning all of our corporate-wide manager training. And Mm. at that time, we had about 9,000 global managers. And she really encouraged me to go for that. And I told her, I said, I said, well, thanks, but I'm happy where I am. I have a good manager. And she looked at me and crossed her eyes. And she just said, <laughs> you could not be happy. And that was a moment where I took a pause. And I'm like, huh, well, okay. Huh. So I said, you know what? Thank you. I'll go look for the job description. So mm-hmm. I flew home that night and uh, I pulled out my laptop and I looked at the job description. And I, w- I was missing the number one requirement. And the number one requirement was that you had to have been a manager inside that company. Hmm. And it, it makes sense. If you're going to own the manager training, right. you need to have been a manager. So it makes sense. But I had not at that time. I'd been a manager outside of the company, mm-hmm. but not inside. So I called her up and I said, hey, thanks again. I really appreciate you nudging me, but I can't even apply for this because I'm missing the number one requirement. <laughs> okay. She said, Sherry, she goes, I've already written a letter to the hiring manager saying that she has to hire you. And she said, and I already got my manager to write to that hiring manager saying she has to hire you. I love it. And that 
was a moment when I thought, how can somebody else have more confidence mm. in me than mm. I have in myself? Wow. So what I did was I said, okay, thanks. Let me, let me, I'll go apply. So I applied and I got invited to the interview and I knew they were going to hammer me. I mean, I knew they were going to hammer me. And so I needed to be strategic on when they hammered me about not being a manager. And so what mm-hmm. happened was I had anticipated them hammering me. What I did not anticipate was them hammering me on the first question of the okay. interview. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they said, Sherry, it looks like on your resume, you know, and I was with the director and I was with the hiring manager and a couple of peers. And so one of them said, you know, it looks like you have never been a manager at the company. And so I had already thought this through and I said, you're right. You're absolutely right. I have not. I've been a manager outside the company, but not inside the company. And I said, I've been with this company for six years and I've been a team leader for six years, which means that I've had to learn how to lead through influence rather than authority. And that's all I had. That's mm-hmm. all I had. And I had practiced that, you know, I wrote it out and I practiced it 20 times and, <laughs> you know, and that's all I had. So I just looked at them. I didn't apologize and do anything. And lo and behold, I got hired. Love and it. I think that whole experience, Lakeisha, just taught me that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're missing the number one requirement. It doesn't matter. Wow. I love it. it. It's your attitude. It's your, be gracious. I love that. Mm-hmm. Be gracious. Be humble, but be so confident and game Ooh, yeah. on. Game on. Wow. Love it. I'm like, I'm ready to go charge that mountain with you right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> but you're so right. I mean, gosh, I love what you said. And that's why it's important to have a squad too, because sometimes you may not see yourself where you could be. And so your yeah. friend, your manager, you know, she was a manager, she was a friend, you knew her a little bit. And she's like, you can do this job. Yeah. Here's why I believe yeah. you can do it. And you're like, well, yeah. you know what? You're right. Thank you for for helping me see what I couldn't see per se. And we need that squad around us that can help us really remember who we are and the skills that we have. And I love the fact that you went into that interview and you you leveraged your skills that you had. And, And I often say that becoming a technical program manager or a project manager, you have to lead through influence. That, my friend, is if you can lead a team through influence, you can lead a team that directly reports to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. exactly. the, the former is the harder, right? If they don't it's report true. to you, it's like, why do I have to listen to you, Sherry? You've got to go win yeah. friends and influence people very quickly to get them to yeah. follow you. Woo, I was sweating a lot. I was wiping my brow a lot in that, uh, in that job role, I tell you. <laughs> oh my God, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Well, listen, we can continue to talk to you all day long. I know I can. And so I just want to be respectful of the the hour that we have or a little less than that. And um, I want to move to a a fun lightning round of questions. But if there's anything that I left on the table that I didn't give you an opportunity to share, feel free to do so. I know we've covered a lot of of bases today. Okay. Yeah, I think um, we did cover it. And I think really the mindset is just so much of it, so much Mm -hmm. of it. And don't let anybody, don't let anybody that you randomly come across flick you off of your career path. Don't Mm -hmm. let that happen. Wow, that is a nugget to take with us for sure. I will remember that as well. So let's wrap up with the fun uh, lightning round of questions. So I'll say a word or phrase and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Oh boy. Yes, the first one is favorite food. Oh, pasta. All right, I love it. Guilty pleasure. Pasta. Okay. (laughs) You and Dennis are definitely friends. Okay. uh, Favorite book. (laughs) 
Well, I do like my book, The Bounce Back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that because it's actually got me out of out of hot water a couple of times, just rereading that. So mm-hmm. I just, yeah, The Bounce Back. Okay. I love it. I think it's one book we should all have in our library <laughs> for sure. Current Netflix addiction. Oh, well, <laughs> I'll say my current addiction is The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. Um, Cause there's just so I love, I love documentaries. Mm-hmm. I think I've watched all the documentaries on Netflix. So it would definitely be documentaries for sure. But can I point out something that I learned? Uh, I'm not sure which episode it was, maybe eight. It was Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. It was Dennis Rodman and he was being interviewed and he said, as he's working out and he's pumping iron, he said, you know, playing basketball is the easy part. That's his work, and that's what he loves. That's the easy part. It's everything else that's going on around that makes it so difficult, and it's the noise. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that's so true in all of us. And, and it is me. It's just you know, it's trying to keep the focus of doing what we love, and we're so great at, and we're mm-hmm. being paid for, and that's our wheelhouse. And just trying to have a perspective on everything else that happens outside of us is noise. It's noise. I love it. And sometimes we need to let it in and we need to manage it, but sometimes we don't. And so just make that a conscious decision. So I love that. Yeah. I'll go with documentaries. And right now it's the last dance. Okay. And your dream vacation. Ooh, I just took it. I went to Bali for 30 days. Oh, Sherry. I'm so glad I know you. Oh my God. I wish (laughs) that is so, oh, 30 days Bali. I love it. (laughs) I just took a sabbatical for my own personal and professional development for 30 days in Bali. Yeah. And I'm so glad I went 10 months ago because I don't know if I'd be going right now. You know? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Well, I tell you. What's your dream vacation? You know, I've been to Bali. I do want to go back. I was not there for 30 days. I was there for a few days, but Bali is still on my list to go back. The Maldives. It is on my list. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's one of my, and, um, to go back, um, I enjoy Dubai. So to maybe go back to Dubai, do Dubai and Maldives at the same time. <laughs> and Thailand. Wow, I've never I've been to Thailand. I've never been. Oh, okay. I've never been to Dubai. Fascinating. Yeah, it was great. Just love the culture. So, well, listen, beautiful. I have just enjoyed chatting with you. And again, I could talk to you for hours and I probably will call you later. But anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing with the audience. And I want to make sure that they get connected with you. And so you've got a, a lot of great connection points. You've got your website, careercoaching360.com. You always have some amazing posts on LinkedIn that are super helpful for me. And so definitely get connected to Sherry on LinkedIn. Sherry Thomas is how you find her, Sherry with an I. And um, her books, right? We have got to grab her books. The Bounce Back. Yeah, one of them is The Bounce Back, right? It's Bounce Back, Personal Stories of Bouncing Back Higher and Faster from a Layoff, Reorg, or Career Setback. And uh, that one one, uh, was named Best Career Book by the Indie Book Awards. And then the first book that I did is Career Smart, Five Mm -hmm. Steps to a Powerful Personal Brand. Now, I know we're wrapping up, but you're, you told me that you're, you're getting ready to start on something new. So we'll be looking forward to that. Anything you want to share there? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Yeah. Still noodling on a few things, but awesome. um, hopefully the next year. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. So thank you again, thank Sherry. You. Have a good rest thank of your you, day. Thank you, Lakeisha. It's a real pleasure. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Roar. Tune in next time for more awesome talks with people at the top. 
Don't forget to subscribe and share so you're the first to know when our newest episodes are available. Until next time, 